When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our long national nightmare is over. The Arizona Cardinals picking 27th overall with the Houston Texans first rounder they acquired last spring. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. This is the PHNX Cardinals audio only edition podcast dropping on a Monday morning. Bo, do you enjoy the schedule of games this weekend? Yeah, you know what? They they finished strong, didn't they? Like from yeah. Saturday night through all of Sunday, I think three of the four were amazing. Well, I, I, and then to you, what you were saying, four of the four were bangers for Cardinals fans, right? Except for seeing the 49ers come back and, and get aided by a rookie kicker choking Matt Prater style. Yeah, uh, down the stretch for Green Bay, but locking in that that twenty seventh overall pick, and you know what? I will. Uh, I'll, I'll take everybody's you know thanks and appreciation for the sacrifice I made because I divulged just to Johnny via text during the game and said, you know, this is this is all well and good. Uh, you're welcome because I bet the Texans plus ten, and that's why they they left a big fat stinker on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, you weren't the only one. I'd like three or four people on Twitter say, I, of course, this happens when I bet the Texans. I think part of it is Baltimore is really good. Uh, I did live bet the San Francisco 49ers and teaching my son the benefit of emotional hedging because we were <laughs> fired up with what the Packers were doing. I said, no, now we need to put 50 bucks on DraftKings Sportsbook app to emotionally hedge. And sure enough, it it did hit. I think I got them at like minus 125 when they were down by seven or 10 points. So, uh, it, yeah, it's unfortunate. I think the, the Niners are going to make it to the Super Bowl and we'll see what happens in the AFC. But, uh, you know, the, you know, in a weekend in which Baker Mayfield, Jordan Love showed a lot of promise, you know, I put a tweet out there. I'm like, these guys, it's already being telegraphed by their respected beat writers, are going to get huge raises this offseason. Like Jordan Love's going to get a huge raise. Baker Mayfield's going to get a nice contract. Like the Kyler Murray deal, I know people are sick and hear about it. Like it's it's going to look better and better each passing offseason. So, so much to digest and dissect from this weekend. But I, I do want to keep it um, as it relates to focused on, on pick 27. Because like I think you and I had a pretty good idea that this was going to be the end of the line for, for Houston, you know, emotional hedging, notwithstanding. But now that we're here at 27 is, is there a huge difference for you between like 22, 23 and 27 or, or the minute the, 
Houston Texans made the playoffs, it was just like, man, this is just whatever it is. It, it we're just gonna have to live with it. Yeah, you're looking for the bleeding to finally stop, and, and I think that once I, I think 21, there's a big difference between where it could have been last week, yeah. 21, and where it where it ended. Right, 27, like between 27, 26, and 25, where they could have yeah. been, and there were leads by all of those teams in the playoffs. Uh, you know, between the Bucks and the Packers, like it. it I, I, I wasn't like, what's the, what's the big, what's the difference? You know, I, I think at that point, teams are really trying to decipher you, is, is, which prospects are worthy of those selections. And I think it's just going to come down to scouting. So I don't I think the Cardinals, if they like a guy uh, in that spot and think he's going to be available, there, there's a good chance that they're going to be able to get their guy. But it's a, I think it's a different crop of players between 21 and, and 27. Yeah. Yeah. There's a tweet out there. Um, I can't, I don't remember who sourced it, but I've got it written here. I wanted to share it on the podcast as it relates to Houston, not to rub salt in the wound. Somehow the Texans this year, and I know they look good in the postseason, have avoided facing a top 10 EPA QB this entire season since the opener versus Lamar. And then this week, of course, when they face Lamar Baker 11th is the only other QB Houston has faced the entire season Inside the top 17, Bo, in the NFL, in EPA per drop back. It's truly incredible fortune. So, like, I'm not trying to dismiss um, what Deshaun, or excuse me, CJ Stroud did. He was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But, like, it just shows you, like, they had the better quarterback in almost every matchup. And so we shouldn't be surprised that he's winning against Gardner Minshew. He's winning Mm -hmm. against Will Levis. Trevor Lawrence was terrible this year. Regression City, you know, he didn't. Kyler Murray probably plays that game much better toward the end of the season than when he did against Houston just a couple games back off the torn ACL. So, me, it is. I saw a lot of people tweeting me like, "Oh my god, quarterback in that game." Yeah, yeah, he absolutely was. Threw three picks. He put the Cardinals in position to win that football game. Unfortunately, Kyler Murray didn't. Like, was Kyler Murray? exponentially better was he you know he didn't do enough to win that football game he even said that themselves himself saying that that there was missed opportunities to win the game and they didn't play winning football but through three picks he had his worst game as a pro so no i I think it's it's a great point um there there were a couple things on display this weekend right i mean stroud and you know when they finally faced a, a big boy football team you know they came back to reality. They look like yeah. a team that had to sneak into the postseason like they did. Uh, and not to discount everything they did, but also I think a uh, sports team community and organization supporting their quarterback like Jared Goff has gotten from Detroit and how far that can go. Uh, now, obviously, he needs he had to do his end of the bargain, which he has ever since he, he and he's slowly done that since being acquired from the Rams as a kind of a throw in salary fit for the Stafford deal. But man, did you see how Detroit has, has really kind of embraced Jared Goff when probably, you know, myself included the rest of the NFL world, just like, he's a throwaway, you know, he's, he's Goff. Like, what are you going to do? Goff's one of the worst quarterbacks in the, and he's, he's played lights out and that community, that, that team, that organization, that fan base continues to embrace him. I, I'd love to see a similar trend here in the desert. And, and we're seeing it from the organization for sure. Uh, continue, Kyler Murray continues to be kind of a polarizing figure in the fan base, but I think for the most part, it, it's trending in the right direction. I just, I 
cannot fathom, and this is a Kyler Murray Pro podcast for you yeah. know ninety nine percent of the time. I can't fathom watching the NFC playoffs if you're a Cardinal fan and not seeing the benefit of keeping him as a reclamation project in Baker Mayfield gets to almost to the NFC Championship game. You just mentioned Jared Goff, like. Jordan Love, people thought Jordan Love was ass three months ago. He was a bust. He couldn't beat out an old Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You just, I, I think we, we rightfully so. Kyler Murray is going to get compared to the elites because he was first overall. But I think there's something to be said like the, Mahomes is one of one. Maybe you put Josh Allen in that category and, and Lamar. But I mean, like the, everybody else, it's like they need help. Guy Jared Goff needed help. He needed a stable organization, and that somehow was Detroit. He needed complementary weapons. He needed a stable running game. Like, and I think Kyler Murray has a higher ceiling than Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. So it, I just I go back to you know, why and that's not a hot take. take. I don't. Think no, 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 no. I think most people would would say like Kyler Murray is physically much more gifted than either. Like I've watched Kyler Murray and the Cardinals beat the shit out of Baker Mayfield multiple times. <laughs> When he had no support and right. it was dysfunctional Cleveland, dysfunctional Carolina. Like, this is what happens when you prop him up. And we think highly of Todd Bowles on this podcast, but I just, I see people on Twitter. I don't mean to keep going back to it, but it's just, it's dumbfounding where people are like, well, Kyler's going to win a playoff game. He went to the playoffs with Cliff Kingsbury and lost to the Super Bowl champion Sean McVay led LA Rams. He's mm-hmm. in a division with Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and Pete Carroll. And he, and he went to the playoffs. These other, like Jordan Love and, you know, Jared Goff, they were in a division with Josh Dobbs and Justin Fields this year. Baker Mayfield played the NFC South. And so, like, I'm, it's not apples to oranges, but it's just, you, we're grading on a curve here, aren't we? Like, can, can we use some common sense? Kyler Murray with Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury went to the playoffs in the NFC West. That happened. So, like, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm not just ready to throw that into the garbage now right. two or three years later. And you see a lot of throws that were being made for positively from like a Jordan Love. And I think he made a lot of plays throughout that game. Yeah, he's great. They should have won that football game. They should have. And and then he kind of gets – I hope people aren't scapegoating him for the pick at the end. It was bad, right? I'm not going to give him a a pass on that, but his his kicker should have made the the kick the previous drive to win that game. Um, But, I mean, he he was making throws all over the field. But one thing I noticed in, in golf, and you were kind of – I mean, with Laporta, like Trey McBride can be Sam Laporta, no doubt about it. And yeah, then – Probably already is. Right. And then you've got uh, – I mean, the only thing they're really – they've got a solid run game. They're building the lines. That Amon Ross St. Brown, the, the playmaking he provides, I mean, especially down the stretch, was unbelievable. And, you know, they, they severely lack that. And, you know, hopefully the draft is going to fix that. Yeah. Well, they don't have an, they don't have an Aiden Hutchinson defensively either. Mm-hmm. Like, and they got, where do you get that? You get that in the top five. Listen, if there was an Aiden Hutchinson available in this draft, we, we'd be mocking him to the Cardinals. Right. Co-mocking him with Marvin. You just, it will just take Hutch if he's there at four, if Marvin's gone. And they don't have an Amon Ron. And I mean, they, they have been looking for that kind of Amon Ron St. Brown player for, a half decade. It's kind of like coincidentally, like Christian Kirk and you know Andy Isabella and Rondell Moore and Hollywood Browns. Like no, none of those guys are even close to the caliber of player of Amon Ron St. Brown. So yeah, you're right. I mean, but like minor tweaks. And I I also think like you know Michael Wilson. Can he 
Can he produce like Jamison Williams did this year? I think he can. They're different players, but I think mm-hmm. like st- statistics wise, there's probably very comparable, which is a kudos and for that they found him if he can stay healthy. But you know, I put out a mock draft this morning on Twitter, PFF mock draft simulator. Cardinals mm-hmm. taking two wide receivers from the University of um, Louisiana, uh, Louisiana State University and Malik Neighbors and Brian Johnson Jr. But I, I think it can I go ahead a little bit on that because when you do ask me about 27 and i'm like you know that's that's a bummer 27 is a bummer but what is you hate it and here's why i hate the the going wide receiver wide receiver yeah because of kind of the point i was making as far as the premium positions and i i I view the wide receiver as a fringe premium position especially i think it's a full-on premium position when you're talking about a potential wide receiver one right okay top flight guy because you're going to have to pay him like a top flight guy ever. Otherwise you're kind of right where everybody else is paying, you know, market price for a wide receiver to maybe a slot guy, uh, somebody that's going to be down your depth chart in down the list of priority or hierarchy of your playmakers. Right? So if you're taking a, a second wide receiver in the first round and you're also at 27 and then you've got pick 35, just a few picks away, Okay. I just think that you do yourself a disservice by not taking or taking a premium position in that spot. And by taking Marvin or in this draft, you take who you took. Malik. I took both LSU receivers. Neighbor Marvin was gone at three. Yeah. I took neighbors who was the I highest rated think, player. I think Thomas, like you roll the dice and see whatever the next best wide receiver is at 35. Sure. I understand. Yeah. It's, it's just you, better strategy. Okay, you're in your opinion. <laughs> no, I I don't think there's any chance they would do that. No. Take two right receivers back to back. Um especially like if they feel confident enough they can find a complimentary weapon like shit man like I, I, we joke about this receiver class, it's elite. Amon Ra was a fourth rounder. Juwan Jennings was making plays for San Francisco. I remember him coming out Tennessee, he was like a seventh round pick. Like Ebo himself was the second. I mean, there, there were guys all in this playoff picture that they were making plays that were all day two and beyond. Yeah. I mean, you need an alpha. The Cardinals mm-hmm. don't have one. They're probably going to get one fourth overall, um, which is a good feeling. And, That's and hopefully that, yeah, hopefully that player plays um, in the scarlet and gray, but we don't know <laughs> too early. <laughs> what are you looking at as far as 27th overall? Like if, if you, what's your gut saying right now? You think it I is? Would- a pick, second pick, um, a trade out, or a- I don't, th- I don't think a trade out benefits them because I think they want the fifth year option. Yeah, and I think you trade out if you don't like Baltimore, New England. Historically, loved trading out when they were kicking ass. Baltimore still is, but but they didn't have pick thirty five. Like you're gonna be you just trade out pick thirty five again, just like you did last year, going to the forties if you want. But I think they make the pick again. And, you know, I said on our show, maybe it was like two weeks ago, like I, I was convinced tackle wide receiver, wide receiver tackle. I, I, I think the the fact that this has gotten pushed down so far, I think it, there's a better chance now it's going to be a defender. I think these tackles cl- are going to be picked clean. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's important to get a wide receiver early. As much as I love Joel Nalu Fashion, it's clear. Like, I, I think if you looked seven out of ten, pre-draft evals right now consider Roma Dunsey, Malik Neighbors, and Marvin higher prospects than Joe Alt 
and Alu Fashnu. So I, 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 Austin Ford can go against the grain a little bit, but I, I would say that that's, that's safe right now is to take Malik Neighbors at four or to trade down and take Roma Dunsey. So if you're looking at 27, I would say, and you, and you know, we, we joke about this. It's like best defensive lineman, best defensive tackle. If there's a pass rusher you love, um, if there's a lengthy corner that you love, mm. I mean, I, I think, yeah, BPA defender feels like this. Unless a tackle falls, I mean, would you would you hate a guard at 27 overall? Would you hate like the second or maybe the first best interior offensive line? I would. I would. Yeah, I know you would. Because I mean, I'm I'm a nerd and I'm a stickler for the for the premium positions. Yeah. Like, I'm seeing a guy like Kenyon Mitchell at a Toledo, uh, not too far from from Cleveland, Ohio, where one Jonathan Gannon is grown, born and raised from. Maybe he yeah. might like the, the corner, six foot. Uh, he's he's 28th on the big board on one of these big boards I'm just peeking at right now. You got DeGene, who we we were debating who was. Who I was, mean, I could be talked into that at this yeah, point. Sure. Like, Arnold, I, don't I think, think he's going to be right. there. But those those are the corners, and then the tackles. Like, we, we you know we, we both feel jurors on Newton, but like I'm still skeptical that he's going to make it at it. Like you said, there's going to be a run on DTs no probably way. in the teens. It's it ain't happening. It's not getting the 27. So it's, it's, it's really going to be, and I don't think it's also going to be like a, a day on Buchanan. Somebody that's just going to come out of left field. Like what, where, who is this guy? What's, is it Dion day Buchanan? Like the, the time draft at the end of the first round, like you're going to know and recognize, I think this, this prospect, if, if you pay attention to kind of uh, draft season a little bit, here's why you're right on the interior offensive line for this year. Mm-hmm. is the Cardinals are not the stereotypical team picking late 20s. Those teams usually are flipping loaded, right? Like yeah. Baltimore can take Tyler Lindenbaum because they are the Baltimore Ravens and they're in the playoffs every year. You know, the Cardinals historically are not picking in the 20s because they haven't won enough games. And they made this trade last year because they needed more picks to add to a roster that had that was gutted of talent by one Steve Kime. So I, I think... Yeah, if you fast forward and we're and this is like three years down the line, and Austin Ford has like pick twenty eight, be fantastic. The Cardinals would be winning. You could take the best center, you could take the best left guard, but right now it's like you don't have a number one corner, you don't have a number one pass rusher, you don't have a number one defensive tackle. I mean, you don't have a right tackle right now or a left tackle, depending on how you look at it. So, I, I yeah, I think I think we're we're if we put together a big board of premium positions that they're going to target. You, you and I disagree on five technique or three you think, techniques. You think tackles that. in play there though, right? I mean, with this. Yo, this yeah. First, don't you? Don't you think yeah. D tackles? Sure. Okay. So no, I'm sorry. Offensive tackle. Oh yeah. But yeah. I don't, it's a deep tackle class and you could certainly find one. I think if, I think there'd be a much better chance they take a tackle at 20 or 21 I think 27, it's just there's going to be so guys that so many guys that grade similar, and they're going to say, well, we have, we need everything. We need help everywhere defensively. Yeah. Whereas the higher that they had that Houston pick, if this makes sense, the, the more the draft would lend itself to offense. And then you get to the bottom at the end of the first round and it gets so muddled. I think there's like 20 to 22 ish, like, Elites, and then and then there's some guys that could go from 25 to 45, like every year. Better draft the right one. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think that'll also dictate what they do with Paris Johnson Jr., depending on if they get like a true a guy that can play the left side or if they want to flip him over and then have another rookie potentially start at right tackle next season. It's exciting though. I mean, you're watching the the Bills Chiefs game and you see like a McDuffie. Uh like he, he was right. He was a guy that the Cardinals were eyeing with the 23rd overall pick. Yep. Um, and he was a little bit later, right, in that draft got by the Chiefs. And he's a they player. Went, he and Karlofkis, two Cardinal draft darlings that year. You and I mocked those two. Yeah. I didn't love Karlofkis, but – and then the Chiefs got them both in the 20s. It was the Tyreek Hill trade. So, yeah, hopefully they're picking down the road in this spot because they earned it, right? <laughs> they're a team that's played – in the divisional round or the team that's played in the Super Bowl card weekend, but they just don't have enough good players. It's, no, it's time to add some good players. You watch these teams this weekend and they got two or three, everything. And the Cardinals have like one max I yeah. mean, they have a surplus at what safety. And that's about it. Like <laughs> beggars can't be choosers. You almost could, could not fault them if they went BPA. And that's kind of why I went double up on receivers. Yeah. The way it fell. 17 touchdowns this season? I didn't even know that. Thomas, I mean, that's an absurd number. Dude, he's he's going in the first round. He's a first round six four. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know how you can have Keon Coleman ahead of him. Like I'm seeing some big boards. No chance. No chance. Like productive in the SEC. Uh, he wasn't even the top target and he's putting on big numbies like that. I mean, that's that's and then the size recruited to LSU. I take that. Uh don't you feel like though? <clears throat> no, knowing that these receivers are going to be, and I promise we can quit after this, knowing that the receivers are going to be prioritized like they are, that you almost have to come away with one mm-hmm. with your first pick. Yeah. We've, we're, we're working that way, aren't we? Because otherwise, you got to go spend a lot of money to retool that room. Or you got to pray somebody's available at 27, which that's yeah. not a good, that's not a good way to live. No, it's not. It's not. And they'll know. I mean, free with that's the benefit of free agency happening first. Like if they, and I don't think that they're going to approach free agency as this is where we're going to get our top wide receiver. They might get depth guys, and that yeah. that's the one thing I was thinking about. I put out a video on our YouTube page, PHNX uh, Sports, about cap casualties. I've got two edge rushers there, and it's like you look at this edge, and they're all likable guys, right? Yeah. Like Dennis Gardeck's easy to root for. There are a lot of people that really still believe in Cameron Thomas, um, which is is strange because he got shut out in the sack department this season. He was a healthy scratch, I think, twice. Yeah, one sack. No, Damn. he had three his first year, and then he had zero. And same thing for Gardeck. Like you save like over one million dollars for Cameron Thomas. I think he's just he's not necessarily going to be a cap casualty. I think he's just going to be a casualty. He doesn't fit the scheme. And then you got Dennis Gardeck, who in ten games had five sacks. And then he had that one token sack over the last seven games. And he had no TFLs the rest of the season. Like it was just no production and you could save 3 million bucks. And it's like, they don't need the money, but at the same time, you're not, you're not getting an impact player. Like you like him. Like he's a, he's a guy that you can like, like, will they keep Dennis Gardeck under the same guys as they kept Kelvin Beecham last year? And it just works out in the end. And you just don't let, guys that you know can can play to a certain extent just to to make sure you have that on your roster as you build this thing have what though like you just said it have no production to you and me but like 
I think Nick Rollis says like I'd I'd rather have a Dennis Gardeck than I the unknown. The unknown is I would say a little bit more known though than yeah. what we saw. Like you should take this is me just talking out of my ass late on a recording, but <laughs> you should take all the money that you can from these guys that aren't producing and put it in a pot and yeah. go give it to the best pass rusher on the market. Like that that's what you should do. And then also be available when and and flexible if other guys hit the market. Like one year deal. Like if if you know not not this player in particular, but like you should target a Brian Burns. And then like if a Frank Clark becomes available, if those guys like one year flyer guys become available, you should go and do that too. Like I I sent you as like I will never forgive them. Derek Barnett was available. They could have claimed him, and everybody thought that was dumb as hell. And who claimed him? Houston. And he was their, one of their better pass rushers to end this year. He had like, he had like three or four sacks and a high pressure rate because he's, he's super talented. He was a first-round pick. Gannon had him in Philadelphia. That's what they should be doing. They should be throwing flyers at guys like that after securing the bag on, on Josh Allen or Brian Burns. Like we, we have seen the best version of Dennis Gardeck, and like that's not it anymore. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I, it's like I went off like a month ago on the show. It's like we can like these players – they're yeah. fun personalities. Do do we want to win games? Do you want the Cardinals playing in the divisional round and the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship? Or do you want to win five games and, you know, ha- have a good time on social media with – and it's not the player's fault. They have no. to do those engagements. But it's just like, let's get let's get better players here. That's what I'm about. That's what they should be about, and they, they are. Yeah, if you think you like these players – on the losing team, just think about how much you're going to like players on a winning team. That's you're going right. to love those guys. Well, so it's why we romanticize Darnell Dockett and Carlos Dansby because they they won games here. They were oh, the best players cool. on the best yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. I don't like. It's, I don't want to talk about John Skelton respectfully and Ryan Lindley. Those guys. I mean, they were, they were part of bad teams, so we're not going to talk about those guys. We got a great, we got a huge week uh, of PHNX Cardinals. We got another Monty mock draft coming your way. We'll get the bald caps out. We'll uh, have some more. Your mock drafts are already loading up on some listener and viewer mock drafts that are some bangers. Um, and then we've got our uh, exclusive Discord talk that we're going to have each and every week, Q&A. You want to get into that? All you got to do is become a member. Go phnx.com, become a diehard today, and you can join the conversation. Get in here. Get on your mic. Tell us what you're thinking about, how the Cardinals can get better this offseason. Uh, the only way to do that, become a diehard. Go phnext.com. For Johnny Venerable, I'm Bo Brock on a late Sunday night. Full week of shows headed your way live at 4.30 on Monday. We'll talk to you then. We all silly like the mayor. 